0: Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. Um, my name is Joseph Furno, and if I haven't had the privilege of getting to know you yet, um, I'm the student ministries pastor here at Community Church, and I would love to meet you after service, so come and introduce yourself. It would be great to have a conversation with you and just get to know you a little bit. Um, and I'm excited to be here this morning to be able to share God's Word And we're going to be jumping back into a series that we've been doing all summer today called Building Blocks. And we're going to look one last time at Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, and talk once again about Sabbath. But before we begin and we look at God's word, um, I would love to take the opportunity to pray. So would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning that you would give us all spiritual wisdom and insight so that we may all grow in our knowledge of you and be able to follow you more closely. God, please flood our hearts with the light of hope so that we may be confident knowing that we are your people. Remind us of the glorious inheritance that you have prepared for us. Help us to understand through your Holy Spirit the power that you give to us who believe, that same power which was used to raise Christ from the grave. Give us all guidance and wisdom as we learn from your word this morning. Amen. So we're back in our Building block series for one last Sunday, and if you haven't been here with us, Pastor Mike has been all summer preaching through the Ten Commandments, specifically the first four of the Ten Commandments. And we've had this giant Jenga tower up here, if you'll remember, and Luke and I had been battling all summer long in these ridiculous feats of Jenga that Danny prepared for us, and I, you know, for the most part, got my butt kicked by Luke. Um, but Mike had been sharing with us how the Ten Commandments are not just rules that we are given by God, but they're foundational truths. And so Jenga's been this analogy for us where we know when we play Jenga that certain blocks you can pull out and the tower is still going to stand, but there are certain foundational blocks that if you remove them, the entire tower falls over. And so what we've been talking about is this concept that the Ten Commandments are these life Long principles that we are to build our lives and our societies on. And if we remove them, then life and society begins to fall apart. And specifically for the, past, the first two Sundays in August, Pastor Mike spoke about Sabbath, the fourth commandment, and we're going to jump back in and spend one final week to talk about Sabbath. And it's a topic that I'm particularly excited to get to share with you about because it's been something that really personally God has been working on in my heart for a little over or a little less than a year now. I'd say last uh, September or October, for me, Sabbath was something that I didn't really think about or give much thought to or or practice by any means. I think uh, a lot of us as Christians were in that same boat where Sabbath is something that is not a focal point of our walk with God. And it wasn't that, like, I ignored Sabbath. Of course, I knew it was a Ten Commandment. uh, But really, it was just me saying, okay, like, once a week, uh, I'm going to take a day off. And that was just, like, this this day where I didn't work here, where I didn't do my job. Uh, But it wasn't an intentional day of rest, and it wasn't an an intentional day that was set apart as holy to be given to God. It was just this day where I didn't do my job, um, and it was really no different than the other day that I would have off. But then God began to place this idea of Sabbath in front of me over and over and over again. And it was kind of like, you know, like sometimes like you see something and God puts something in front of you. And for a while you're like, oh, like that's just coincidence. Or, oh, maybe, you know, that's just my own head. And then God just like just keeps putting in front of you. And you're like, all right, okay, yeah. No, this is pretty clearly the hand of God. And so what happened was as I started in my devotions and my time in God's word to see Sabbath popping up kind of all over the place while I would do my my time in God's word. And and then I came to the end of a study that I had been doing in in the Bible and was kind of having to decide what am I going to look at next? What book of the Bible am I going to read next for my personal time with the Lord? And so I decided on the book of Nehemiah, kind of just at random. I just figured I haven't read the book of Nehemiah in a long time, so I'll read it again. And I didn't think anything of it, and I knew the story. Guy comes back from exile, is charged by God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and he faces challenges and opposition and hardship as he tries to accomplish that, but he remains faithful and the walls of Jerusalem are rebuilt. And so as I get ready to read Nehemiah, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'm looking for, you know? And then as I read Nehemiah, Sabbath keeps popping up over and over again, just these random little verses where Nehemiah is dealing with Sabbath and is tying Sabbath to the obedience of the people and it kept coming up, and so I'm just kind of like, all right, huh. Then I begin to go online and look for book recommendations um, or books. Over COVID, I read a lot of books. I was reading a book maybe every two weeks, a little bit less than that sometimes, but I was reading a lot, and so I went online, and I was like, I need some more books to read, and all the suggested books were books on Sabbath. I'm just kind of like, this is interesting, I've been seeing this in the Bible. I'll grab one or two. And so I grabbed a couple books on Sabbath, and I read them and learned a little bit more. And then it was on Spotify, which is a music app. And they also have podcasts on there, which I don't really listen to at all. I'm not a podcast guy. Um, even today, I don't, still don't listen to podcasts. But the podcast recommendations right under my music were all for podcasts about pastors speaking about Sabbath. And So I was like, okay, I like, guess I'll check out some of these podcasts and listen to them. And then I went on to YouTube, which is something that I use just more of anything for humor. I love showing people hilarious videos and uh, seeing funny things or watching trick shots or sports highlights. It's just leisurely. But in the recommendations were all these videos, these teaching series about Sabbath and these pastors or teachers who were sharing about how to practice Sabbath. And so it got to the point where it's like, okay, like I can't ignore this anymore. Um, I need to start to figure this out. And so I began to really dive into Sabbath and learn, learn more about it. And the really cool thing was, is that while God was doing all of this in my own life, God was also doing similar things in Pastor Mike's life, teaching him similar lessons about Sabbath. And neither of us had any idea. And it wasn't until this summer when we were talking about this building block series and Mike was telling me how he wanted to spend an extended time in Sabbath because it had been something where God was really personally working on his heart that like the dots connected and we realized that we had read some of the same books and um, that we were learning a lot of the same things and it was just really, really cool. And it was awesome to get this glimpse of these moments where God's plan is, is so evident. And I think it's, it's great to get to come back to this series, too, because Sabbath is something that's, that's so rarely talked about in Christian circles today. I mean, our churches were never really taught on it before, and it's also so counter to the culture that we live in, this nonstop, busy, never-ending culture of work that we live in. And, and so it's great to maybe have a couple weeks off from Sabbath and let you guys digest that and then come back to it this morning to share a few more things. And so what I want to accomplish this morning or what I want to share with you guys is is first one key principle about Sabbath that God has has really shown to me um, that Mike didn't get a chance to talk about. And then also I want to give us some practical tips. At the end, I want to come back and say, okay, if if you want to practice Sabbath, if this is going to be a part of your walk with God, practically, how do we begin to do that? Because that's going to be really important. So we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11 again this morning. Uh, and you're going to be able to follow along on the screens with us, but if you'd like to open up the word of God, there's Bibles in front of you on the seatbacks, and it's going to be on page 61. And we encourage you to do that and leave it open so you can look uh, back at the text as we uh, dissect it. So Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who lives within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I think the Sabbath command is is really unique And we touched on this already. Pastor Mike did a couple weeks ago. Um, He shared one of the things that's unique about it is it's the longest commandment. God spends the most time explaining Sabbath than he does any of the other commands. A lot of them are real short. Just don't murder people. That's it. It's over. Uh, But he spends a long time explaining Sabbath. Um, And then it's also, it's the only commandment that predates sin. It predates the fall. This is really what God's saying here in Exodus as a command to Israel is just a restatement of an institution that predates the fall. Because God worked for seven days and created everything, and then on the seventh day he rested and instituted Sabbath. So this actually goes back to before there was even sin in the world. And it's also unique because it's a command to remember. It's a command to remember. Let's look again um, at the command. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. So this idea of a command to remember means two things. First, it means that the way that we keep the Sabbath day as a holy day that's set apart is by remembering it and observing it weekly. But it also means that it is a day in which we are called to remember and to remember the things that God has done. And this can be seen, again, even in that source of Sabbath. Once once God gives Israel a command to Sabbath, then he says, this is why. It's because I created everything in six days and then I rested." And so even in the observance of Sabbath every seventh day, there's a callback to God's work of creation. It would cause you to remember that God created in six days and rested on one. And so it's this command to remember. And I think part of this is because as humans, we're pretty forgetful. We like to move on very, very quickly and and we forget the good things that have happened and, and are always looking to the next. Right? And so you know, if you think about uh, the phone that's in your pocket or the, or the technology that you get or, or even at Christmas time, or, or something where you get a gift and, and it's something you're excited about and then and the excitement lasts for such a short time and then you're always moving on to the next thing. I can't wait till the next iPhone comes out or I can't wait to get this next gadget or I'm excited about this next thing that I want. Or experiences, you know, you go and, and you see a beautiful sunset or you see a mountain range or you see something that's beautiful and you experience that. Very quickly, like, you forget that image in your mind, and you're just looking for that next amazing experience. Even vacation, I had a student um, that went on vacation this summer, and she posted on her Snapchat, can't wait to go back to vacation as she was pulling out of the driveway on vacation. And I think we're all like that. You know, we finish vacation, we're like, oh, I can't wait to the next vacation. I can't wait till we get to come back again. I can't wait till we get to rest again. And so we're moving on. We're forgetting things very, very quickly. And so God gives us this Sabbath as not only a time to rest, but also a rhythm to remember. And uh, let's just have a little bit of fun here. I want to see, just by a show of hands, how many of you guys feel like you have a good memory? Like, really, you remember details. Your memories are vivid. There's just very few things you forget. How many of you guys feel like you're in that category? Okay, a couple of you. Yeah, a few of you. Good. Great. That's awesome. So, I mean, we figured today, let's put your memory to the test and just have a little fun. Ah! Tyler, get on up here. Welcome everyone to the memory game. This is the game where we test your memory. Our contestant this morning is Tyler Osborne. Give a big round of applause for Tyler. All right, everyone, we know how this works, but we're just gonna explain the rules just for fun. So here's what's gonna happen. In a moment, on the screen, we will have 16 random items that are gonna be on an image. Tyler, you're gonna have 30 seconds to burn all of those items into your memory, and then they're gonna disappear off the screen. Then you'll have another 30 seconds and you get to write down as many of those items as you can remember. Do you think you can do it? Excellent. And all of you in the audience and at home, you guys get to play along as well. You'll notice that in your bulletin, you have a blank note sheet. You can use that and you can participate by also writing down the the things that you remember on your note sheet. Just don't cheat and write them down until they've disappeared from the screen. Maybe you'll even get a better score than Tyler. Everyone ready? Let's do this. Tyler, here we go. Here's your items. You have 30 seconds on the clock. See if you can remember all of them. As you guys look at the screen, I do want to highlight a couple of things. You'll see that we found an old photo from the past of Pastor Mike. I believe that's from a Trunk or Treat promo video where he dressed it up as a strange man passing out candy to kids. And that mustache on his face, I think that's the most hair that Pastor Mike has ever had. So um, that's good to know. All right, Tyler, you got five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Time is up. Items are off the screen. Tyler, how do you think you're going to do? You nervous? I think I can get like seven or eight. You think you can get seven? Okay, we'll go for seven or eight. We'll shoot for seven or eight. There's a lot of items up there. You're gonna now have 30 seconds. You got a notepad and a pen. And everyone in the audience, you can play along as well. Write down as many as you can. Your time has begun. 16 items on the screen. We're shooting for seven or eight. If you guys can best Tyler, then all of you can go home and tell your friends and family you have a better memory than a teenager. That's pretty good, right? That joke made more sense in first service. Right, Tyler, are coming up on 10 seconds here. Better write quickly. Five, four, three, two, one. Tyler, your time is up. Stop writing. Hey, we'll see how you did. You got a good number of items on here. Let's take a look at the screen and see how you did. And everyone at home, you can score your own answer sheets here. So Tyler, you got a soccer ball. That's correct. Shoes, well done. Teddy bear, nice work. Pizza, the earth shirt, gator, and key. That's not bad. And that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hey, running the dot, that's 50%. That's not bad. Give him a round of applause. Tyler did a great job. (laughs) See if any of you got a better score, you can talk to Tyler afterwards. But hey, thank you for joining us on the memory game. We'll see you. Please tune in next week. All right, back into pastor mode. Thanks for having a little fun with me. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that maybe even uh, if that was uh, a little odd for you, that you'll just remember the Sabbath. Because whenever you think of Sabbath, you think of this crazy time where your youth pastor in church paused the sermon and had an entire game show um, in the middle of the message. And so you'll, you'll think of that and you'll remember Sabbath. Um, well, it's good to have some fun. So we know that we're supposed to remember That that the Sabbath day is a time to call us to remembrance. And the great thing is, is that we see this play out all through the narrative of Scripture. It comes up over and over again, and we see there's different things that God has called us to remember. And so we want to look at those now. What are those things that God calls us to remember? The first we've already touched on, it's Creation. Both in the command here in Exodus and in Genesis chapter 2, we see that the institution of Sabbath is tied directly to God's work of creation. And so whenever we rest and we practice Sabbath, it should remind us about creation. And this is worth remembering. I mean, creation is incredible. It's God's handiwork. It's something amazing that he has done. And we should remember that all the beauty and the wonder that we see is the work of God's hands. And so Sabbath calls us to remember that creation is a work of God. The second thing that we're called to remember is the exodus from Egypt. And this is for the Israelites. We see this here very directly in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. And in verses 12 through 15, there's a restatement of the Sabbath command. It's basically a quote from the verses in Exodus. There's a couple things that are added, but then in place of the creation, there's this statement about the Exodus from Egypt, where God says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded, the day, commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And so we see here, instead of a callback to remember creation, there's a callback to remember freedom from, Israel, or from Egypt, for from the nation of Israel. And of course. You know, Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. And so there was no rest for them. There was no rest for them. And so God is calling them to remember, hey, there was a time where you did not have rest. But because of what I have done, you can now receive it. And so remember this amazing thing that I have done. Then we're called to remember Christ's work on the cross. To remember that Christ died on the cross for our sins. We see this in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. This is what they say. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. This passage can be a little bit confusing because two words are repeated over and over again, works and rest, and they don't always mean the same thing. And so when we talk about remembering Christ's work on the cross, we want to primarily look at verse 10 here. It says, For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. So there's God's rest here, which is salvation. That's the salvation that we have received. We have entered his rest and we have an assurance of restful eternity. And then there's rested from his works just as God rested before creation. And so the rest from his works, that's us. And the works are the things that we do to try to earn salvation. The works are us trying to justify ourselves through the law and through good works. Because prior to God's rest, prior to salvation, the only thing that you could do was to earn your works through the sacrificial system, through the law, through doing all of these different things. And it was work. And so now that we have entered God's rest, we don't have to work at earning salvation anymore. We don't have to heap up these good things to do in order to justify ourselves. We don't have to to have these sacrifices or work within this system. We have rest from that. And so we rest from our good works. And that calls us to remember the source of that rest, which is Christ on the cross. So we remember the work that he did there. We also have this promise of future rest, which is spoken about in Hebrews eight uh, through or four eight through eleven. It talks about in verse eight this rest that Joshua had given them, or or would have given them. That's the Promised Land. It's harkening back even to that freedom from exile or from uh, Egypt. And but God says He spoke of another day of rest later on, and He tells us that we can enter God's rest and we can strive to enter it. So what what Paul is saying here, what the author is saying here, is he's saying, look, we, we have salvation. We can enter that rest and that salvation, that Sabbath rest that we have now is a foreshadowing. It's a glimmer of the rest that we'll have in eternity. Because in eternity, there will be no pain, there will be no sorrow, there will be no sin, and we will have perfect Sabbath rest. And so now we can strive to remember and enter that rest by practicing Sabbath and remembering that we have this promise of future rest. Begs the question, though, we've got all these things that God wants us to remember, all these things that he's done for us. Why does he choose Sabbath as the way for us to remember them? And and Sabbath is a day of rest, so why is it that we remember these things by resting? I think there's some, some very specific things that we can learn from this idea of using rest as a reminder. And the first is that our rest reminds us that God has done the work. When we rest, we remember that it's God who works and we who rest. And you can see this in each of these different points that the Bible calls us to remember. First in creation, I think most of us know the story, but, but if you don't, man was created on the sixth day. Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. And what day was Sabbath day? Seventh day. So Adam and Eve, they had not even existed for a full day before they are given a Sabbath rest. They did not earn their Sabbath rest. It was not like they worked for six days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then then finally Saturday comes and they get to rest. No, they had not done any work. The reason that Adam and Eve got to rest on that first Sabbath day was not because of the work they had done, but because of the work that God had done in creation. So they rest in his work. We remember what he has done. Second, with Israel, they're enslaved in Egypt. But keep in mind, Egypt is afraid of them. Egypt was afraid because they had become a great nation. They were a huge amount of people. But they did not rise up and free themselves. They did not form a revolution and and free themselves and conquer Egypt. No, they were bound to slavery. They were captive there, and God, through his work and his miracle, came and freed them and brought them through the Red Sea and promised them rest in the promised land not because of anything that they had done. No, God was the hand that brought them out of Egypt, not themselves. And of course, Jesus on the cross, that's all him. He took our punishment. He bought our salvation. We have no part in earning it. We do not deserve it. We cannot attain it by our own good works. It is God who saves us. So we do not rest because of what we have accomplished in and for ourselves. No, as Christians, we have this blessed rest because we have an assurance of salvation in the work of Jesus Christ that he did on the cross for us. In no part what we have done, but in what he has done. And of course, this also reminds us of that rest that we have coming for us in the future when Christ returns and we spend eternity with God. And so by resting, we remember God is working, not me. We set aside our effort and our work for a time to remind ourselves that God is the one who truly does the work. In conjunction with this, rest combats our pride. Rest combats our pride, and and this is something that for me personally has, has really played out over the past year. When I came to to Sabbath and when God continued to put it in front of me, uh, I began to make some assumptions about what he was trying to teach me. As a student pastor, I'm I'm a very busy person, I work a lot, I enjoy working, Um, and so I figured, hey, like maybe my life has just gotten a little bit out of balance here. God's just trying to remind me, hey, slow down, make sure you have a day of rest. And there's an element of truth to that, but but became a far bigger lesson was a confrontation by God of the pride that I had in my own heart. This played out in three distinct ways. First, resting on Sabbath day confronted my pride of self-sanctification. We've talked about that a little bit, about the fact that that God is the one who saves us. But there's a reality that has fallen humans I have the same tendency I believe most of us have, which is that we want to save ourselves. That we want to be able to, to show God all these good things that we've done and we want to be able to justify ourselves and say, hey, the scales are, are at least maybe kind of even. I've got to, I know I messed up, but i got a lot of good over here. Look at these good things that I've done. And we, we, want to, we have this tendency to think, you know what, God can't love me or God can't forgive me or, or I can't really follow God unless I have done X, Y, and Z and, and piled up these good works. And so, in setting a day aside in my life weekly, to not pile up good works was challenging. Because all of a sudden, I had this day and it was just to rest and it wasn't to continue to do ministry or to continue to help people. And I had to stop for a day piling those things up and remember, you no, know, God did the work. I won't save myself. I also confronted this pride of self reliance. Man, I want to believe that it's by my effort that my family is taken care of. I want to believe that it's by my effort and my hard work that I have attained what I have. I want to believe that when I look at my house and my cars and the food that I put on the table and the clothes that I put on my back and that that my wife puts on and and that my daughter wears every day, I want to believe that those things were attained by my effort. I want to look at those things and say, look at how hard I work. Look at what I earned. I've provided for my family. And the reality is, is that all of those things are things that have been given to me directly by the hand of God and that I would not have without his provision. And so Sabbath day tells me once a week, hey, you can rest You might not have your finances fully figured out. You might not know how the bills are going to be paid. There might be things that are broken in your home. There might be things that need to be cleaned and dirty. But hey, none of this was by your effort anyway. I provided all of it. And finally, it confronted in me the pride of self-importance. This is probably the biggest one, the most difficult. Because man, I want to be important. I want to be important In this world, and I want to be important in the kingdom of God. And I had to struggle with this as I began to practice Sabbath with my family in my own life because I had this wrong belief in my heart that God couldn't do ministry without me. I had this belief in my heart that if I set aside a day of rest, that all of a sudden the devil was going to gain some ground. That all of a sudden the kingdom of God, its movement forward in this world was going to be halted and paused because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't serving people. I wasn't ministering to people. And I began to have these arguments with God of like, I can't, I can't take a day off. I can't Sabbath rest. What if, you know, this student's going through this problem or, or what if this needs done or what if this person needs help and I'm resting? And he's like, you are not the only person that I use in this world. You are not the only person who moves forward the kingdom of God. And he confronted this pride of self-importance. He said, how prideful of you to think that you can't take a day off, that you can't take a day of rest, and that my work will not continue while you rest on Sabbath day. So it confronted this pride in this really real way. I think as we get to this point, and we talk about Sabbath, and we talk about the fact that it's a reminder to us, it begs the question of of why does this have to happen in a Sabbath day? Why does this reminder have to come by, by setting aside a day? Because for many of us, when we think of memory, we think of this internal thing in our minds. We say, you know what, like, I can remember the cross without Sabbath. I can remember the work that Christ did in creation without a Sabbath day. Like, all those things are things that I carry with me in my mind. But I think that there's something special about remembering in an active way. And as I began to think about this, I was thinking, you know what, like when I practice Sabbath, I relive the things that God has done in my mind and in my heart, practically with action. And I was like, what, what, are there, what are other things that I would want to relive, memories that I want to relive? And, and there were a couple that came to mind. The first is the birth of, of my baby girl, Maisie. That moment was one of the greatest of my life in a hospital, holding her for the first time and looking into those grumpy little eyes, (laughs) seeing that sassy little face, and her personality has been true all the way through. Um, I would have loved to relive that moment again. It was beautiful. Another one is my wedding day with my wonderful wife, Jessica. It was such a a wonderful day of celebrating, celebrating the love that we share and all that God had done in our lives and all that he would do, and I would love to just relive and, and Reexamine those memories in a really cool way. And as I thought about these moments, I realized, you know what, like with big things in life, we don't just remember up here. Because every single year, Jess and I have an anniversary. And, I, and on that anniversary day, I don't just wake up and go, hmm, yeah, I remember we got married. And then don't do anything else, you know. I don't just go, yeah, I remember that. No, we set aside time and space to go on a date or to have time together, to have fun together and put action to the memory of what God did on that day. Every year on on the 25th of April, I'm not just gonna wake up and be like, yeah, I remember when my, my, my daughter was born. Cool. No, I'm gonna have a birthday party for her. I'm gonna celebrate. I'm gonna put action to the memory of that day. And so we take these important things in life These things that matter, and we don't just allow our memory to be internal, but we externalize it through action. And so these things that God has done, the work of creation, his death on the cross, that promise of future rest, these are things that we need to remember actively. They deserve more than just an internal memory, but we need to take time every week to gospel our hearts, to remind our souls of what God has done through action, and that action is rest. So now if we're going to practice Sabbath and, and if uh, you've been compelled over the past month through the words of Mike and myself bringing Scripture to you and you're like, okay, like, this, is, this is great. This is a cool concept. I need to practice Sabbath. you got some questions to ask now. Like, how do we do this? How do we actually practice Sabbath? And any time that we, we bring the observance of Sabbath into our lives, there's two really significant questions that we have to answer. We can't just ignore the first is this. This is, which day should I practice Sabbath? Because there's a lot of debate about it. I know it, it, in my conversations with people about Sabbath over the past year, this is almost always one of the first things comes up. And I'll hear people even argue and have, you know, really conviction or convicting conversations about which day and why it matters so much. And, and I hear everything from 6 o'clock on Friday to 6 o'clock on Saturday to Saturday to Sunday. People have all these opinions. So it doesn't matter what day we practice it on. I think here's what matters the most, is this rhythm of six and one. Six days of work, one day of rest. When we look at Scripture, Exodus, Genesis, the times where Sabbath is commanded to us, God just says, six days you shall work. On the seventh day, you shall rest. And so this rhythm is what's the most significant. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Mike talked about, he answered the question why Christians practice Sabbath on Sunday instead of Saturday. And the fact that Jesus rose on a Sunday and, and began a new creation and a new work and an instituted a new Sabbath. And, so, and there's a lot of benefits to Sabbathing on Sunday. So if you can, that, that's wonderful. Because, you know, we have church on Sunday. We have opportunities for you to focus your heart and your mind on God on a Sunday. And that is advantageous to the Sabbath day. And so there's benefit to that. But maybe you're like me. You know, on Sundays, I work a lot. I have things on Sunday morning, and then we have youth group on Sunday night. And so I do all sorts of work, from from teaching and and preaching to to moving things and setting up a gym, to, to worrying about tech, to discipling students. There's all sorts of things that I work and do on Sundays. And so for me, my Sabbath day is Saturdays. Maybe you're in a similar position for whatever reason. Maybe you're in the medical field. And even your Sabbath has to alternate bi-weekly or monthly based on your schedule. That's okay. God's not trying to to have us be legalistic about this. He's put a rhythm into creation of six and one. And as close to that as we can get, the better it'll be. Second question is, what counts as work? Hugely important if we're going to practice Sabbath. If we're going to say, hey, this is a day where we're not going to do any work. Well, what counts as work? And this is a question that has been asked since Sabbath started, all the way back to Israel. And what's key is that the Bible does not give us a list of don'ts. God does not give us a list of don'ts as much as we might want that. I know that, that I would personally love to just have God lay it out and be like, all right, Joe, here's the list. Don't do these things. Don't do any of them. They're work. Anything else, go for it. But this is the list. A lot of us would love that. But he doesn't do that. Israel wanted it so badly, they made their own list. They created, you know, 700-something laws about all the different things you can't do on the Sabbath day. And God doesn't do that. He doesn't give us a list of do's and don'ts. A couple things with that I want you to notice is that, first, is that Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. In Exodus, it says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It is something that is intended for our blessing, for our flourishing. It's not intended to be a burden, upon us. So as we ask this question, you know, what counts as work? I want to give you a list, but I want to give you a couple of things, a couple of questions you can ask yourself to help you determine that for your own family and for your own culture. And these two questions, I think, are really going to be, be helpful. They really helped me as we worked through these questions, and, and it's worth struggling through. If you're going to practice that, but it's, it's worth struggling through that question of what is work. And these were two questions that in my family we used to try to help distinguish what, what we wouldn't do on the Sabbath day. We ask two questions of the things that we do on Sabbath, and we ask, is it rest and is it worship? And the answers to these questions are going to be different for everybody. Let me give you an example of that. You know, maybe you work in a restaurant, and, so, and you're a cook, and so you're cooking for your job eight hours a day, six days a week. Or maybe you're, you're a stay-at-home mom, and you're cooking food three meals a day for your entire family. And so for you, cooking is an activity of work. It's a little different for me because I don't cook on a daily basis. That's not a regular work. That's not a regular chore in my life. And sometimes cooking can be an act of relaxation and rest for me. And so not every Sabbath, but there are Sabbath days where we all want to get out a new recipe and try something out and enjoy cooking, and it's a restful experience but that question, is at rest, is gonna be answered differently. Another uh, example of this might be, maybe you're a physical trainer and you work at a gym and you're constantly helping people correct their form and you're working out and you're spending six days a week honing your body and exercising your body and so on the Sabbath day you say, you know what? I'm not gonna work out because I'm gonna give my body that rest and this is work for me. Now, I don't like working out at all, but maybe you do. Maybe you like going on a run. And you don't work out seven days a week. And and so you come to the Sabbath day and you say, you know what? I'm going to go on a run and and I'm going to pray while I run and listen to worship music. And so you run and that's rejuvenating to your soul and to your body. And it's rest. And so we don't have a list because what's rest is different for all of us. What's work is different for all of us. And to add in this question, is it worship? As Mike talks so much about, this day is to be a day that's set apart, that's holy. That maybe we remove these distractions that are in our pockets. We focus on God and we focus on each other. And so as we determine what activities to do, these questions can be really, really helpful. And I would encourage you to use them. I also want to remind you and call you to follow the example of Jesus when it comes to Sabbath. Because sometimes Sabbath can become something that is harmful to others. Let's look at this example from Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 12. It says, He went out from there and entered their synagogues, And a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? He said to them, which one of you who has a sheep if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored, healthy like the other. Sabbath should not be an excuse to justify ignoring the acts of compassion that God puts in our path it should not be an excuse to ignore the people who God puts in front of us on a Sabbath day who need our help and so do not use it in that way you know, if someone calls and says hey like my husband's in the hospital I'm going to the hospital I need someone to come watch my kids and cook them a meal and you say no sorry I'm sabbathing can't help you that is not the heart of God, and that is not the heart of the Sabbath. I think it's interesting as, as Jesus uh, does says similar things throughout the, the Gospels. It doesn't ever occur to me that, that He is seeking out people to heal on the Sabbath, but whenever they are put in front of them, whenever they are in front of Jesus, He heals them. So let us not use the Sabbath as an excuse not to do good. So I hope that this will stick with you. I hope that you will remember the Sabbath, and and that as you remember the Sabbath, you will remember the amazing things that God has done for us and in our lives. And I hope that you'll struggle with these questions. It's not easy to figure out, and I'm not there yet. But if you want to go further, I've put in your bulletins, in that note sheet on the back, um, some of the things that really helped me to learn about Sabbath. A couple of the books that Mike and I have read, they're available in our library or you can use them and you can find them online or, um, you know, digitally. There's also, maybe you're not a reader, and YouTube is, is more your, your uh, speed. So we've got some of the YouTube videos that I watched on there. And you can take your phone and you can scan them with your camera. And it'll take you right to those videos. But I hope that, that maybe you'll take advantage of those and continue to think about Sabbath. And that it will remind you of God's goodness.